And now while we are standing, let us say what we believe. We'll use the Apostles' Creed, found in selection 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I invite you to pray with me our colic and the Lord's Prayer. They're both found in your order of worship. Almighty God, you are one and true. We humbly ask that the faith which was given to us and is acceptable to you may continue forever in us all. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever, we now pray as your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And so I get to welcome you again to Worship at Central, and we are so glad to have you here this morning. If you'll take a moment and find that pew pad at the end of your pew and sign your name, pass it down, greet your neighbor, we would appreciate that. I want to make sure that you know you're invited to any of the ministries here at Central, and if you want to learn more about those ministries or about Central and joining Central, any of the clergy, we, we would love to talk with you. Please just call the church office and make an appointment or catch us after the service and we'll talk and set up a time. And again, just really glad that you're here to worship with us. Our Old Testament lesson today is from Leviticus. It's from the 19th chapter, verses 9 through 18. And I invite you to hear now the word of the Lord. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and alien. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal 
You shall not deal falsely, and you shall not lie to one another. And you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal. And you shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until the morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. And you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our epistle lesson this morning is from 1 John, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 6. Hear now the word of the Lord. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and the blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our act of praise today is from Psalm 98, and you will find it in selection 818 in your hymnal. I'll invite you to stand as you are able and join me in this response. We'll use the first response. Sing to the Lord a new song, for the Lord has done marvelous things. God's right hand and holy arm have gotten the victory. The Lord has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. Please be seated, and I'll invite the children to come down for children's time. How are y'all today? Thank you. I just want to have a seat and wait for our other friends to come down. Just sit right here. Sit right there. I'm almost as good as Miss Brandy. Oh, I got it. Right here, sweetheart. All right. How are y'all doing today? Good, good. Do y'all want to know where I've been, where I was last week? I bet you'll never guess. You do want to know? I was in a country called Costa Rica. It is 1,700 miles from where you're sitting. And I had to get on an airplane. Do you know why I was there? I was with a team of people from this church who went to Costa Rica to help the people there. We went and we worked on a playground for the, a preschool. We helped build an office building for the preschool. And But at the end of all that week of work, we got to do one fun thing. We went to a, a, a rainforest. Have y'all heard of rainforest? We went to a rainforest. 
And there's like trails that you can walk around and see all kinds of animals. We did not see turtles. We did see a dragon. We did not see a dragon. I would have called ahead if we'd seen a dragon. We saw two different kinds of monkeys. We saw a toucan. Do y'all know what a toucan is? It's a Fruit Loop bird. You know what a toucan is? We saw a toucan. We saw these funny crabs that crawl like a mile from the ocean up creeks. We saw all kind of fun animals. But we, the funny thing is, if we had just walked around on those trails, we wouldn't have seen any of them. Because we would have walked too fast and we wouldn't have known what we were looking for. So we hired, we got a, a man from Costa Rica to walk with us. And he walked really slow. And he'd stop and look. And he'd say, y'all see that up there? And we'd go, no. Right there. And we'd still go, no. And it wasn't until we stopped and looked around that we were able to see what he was pointing at. If we just walked, we'd have walked right past it. That makes me think about a verse that's in the Bible. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Excuse me. For us to see all those cool animals in the trees, we had to stop and pay attention. And sometimes if we want to be, you know, God is always with you everywhere you go. But sometimes you have to stop and stop whatever else you're doing and be aware of God with you. You We can do that through prayer. And we're going to do that right now. Let's pray together. You can pray after me. Dear God, help me slow down enough to know that you are with me. Amen. All right. Don't go with Miss Jenny. Please be seated. Our gospel lesson this morning is from the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter, verses 9 through 17. Hear now the word of God. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy 
may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know how many of you are active on social media, but... Pretty much every social media platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or any of the other ones I'm not yet aware of, most the way most of them work is you request to be someone's friend or someone's follower. Basically, you send a notification through an app to them saying, I want to be your friend on this platform. It's as if two little children, one saying to the other, will you be my friend? Only we do it as adults and teenagers. And on the app, when someone requests to be your friend, you either accept it or you ignore it or you decline it. Hang on to that idea of accepting, ignoring, or declining because we're kind of going to come back to it. In these verses I just read, Jesus says some pretty revolutionary stuff. Jesus calls... The disciples, his friends. By extension, Jesus is here calling us his friends. Think about that. Of all the words Jesus could use to describe himself, at least here in this conversation with the disciples, he uses the word friend. Think about the other words Jesus could use to Describe his relationship to us. Lord, Savior, Master, Messiah, Son of God, God. But he doesn't do any of those. He calls himself friend. I bet you've never closed your eyes and started your prayer to God saying, Oh Lord, my friend. Or maybe you have. And if so, you're ahead of the game and you might know where this sermon is going. But that's what Jesus says here. He says, I no longer call you servants. Now I call you friends. Jesus says that if we love one another in the way that he has loved us, then we are his friends. Think about that idea of a friend. What makes our God, the Christian God, different? in the whole history of religious belief is that we believe God wants to be involved in our lives. God wants to live in a relationship with us. That idea of relationship is that God wants to be involved in our everyday lives and likewise wants us to be involved in His life. In other words, God wants us To experience his action and his presence in our lives. And we can respond to that experience by joining our lives to the fullness of God's life so that God's eternal existence is with us. We can experience oneness with God and that is incredible. Not only that we have that possibility, but that God wants that for us and with us. If we think about how other world religions look at a human relationship with God, Islam teaches about a God who demands to be obeyed but lacks grace. Hinduism teaches about a menagerie of gods who spend their time amusing themselves at humanity's expense. 
Buddhism believes that the goal of religion is to find God within yourself. But that pales in comparison to the world's largest religion, meism. Are you familiar with meism? That's the worship of self and the pursuit of self-interest that doesn't care about any God, Christian or otherwise. What is so powerful here is that Jesus does not say, serve me, though we should serve him. Jesus does not say, obey me, in the way that we normally think, though we should absolutely obey God. He says to obey Him and to serve Him is to be His friend. Be my friend, Jesus says. And if we are His friends, then we do serve Him and we do obey Him. In Jesus, God is expressing the desire to be in relationship with us and calling us in His name to be in relationship with one another. That's powerful. Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who came and lived among us, and who by the power of the Holy Spirit is with us still, wants to be our friend. That makes you a friend of God. Bernard Cornwell is a a writer of historical fiction, and he wrote a trilogy that sort of retells in a more creative way the story of King Arthur. The books are set in Britain at a time after Christianity had been introduced to the island of Britain and had spread very widely, but the native pre-Christian paganism was still alive and well. And the main character and narrator is a warrior who fights with King Arthur, but as he's growing up, he was raised worshiping the traditional pagan gods. When he's 11 or 12, the missionaries come And he's beginning to think about which way is right, what the missionaries are saying or what he was raised with. And he has a friend who's learning to be a pagan, holy woman, sorceress kind of thing, sort of a shaman. And she's angry that the Christians are there. And she says that if the Christians make too many converts, then the old gods will abandon Britain and they'll fall to the invading Saxons. And Durfel, that's the young narrator, He's distressed at this idea that they might be in trouble if they abandoned the old gods. And he says, and this is a quote from the book, Why would the gods abandon us? Don't they love us? And his friend, the shaman in training, says, Of course the gods don't love us. Why would they love us? They don't need our love. They're gods. With that, she becomes disgusted with Durfel for being so stupid. And she storms off. Now that's from a novel. But it gets at this idea that God doesn't need our love, yet God loves us and wants us to love Him back. The fact that God would love God's people and ask for their love in return is proof in the novel, the young sorceress says. That Christianity is false because no God would ever demand that his people love him. Spoiler alert, it's in the prologue of the book, so just in case you read it, if you stick your fingers in your ears. But Durfel becomes a monk, so it lets you know where he lands. Obviously, he becomes a Christian. But think about it. God doesn't need our love. Nothing we do changes God. God is eternal. And perfect in God's eternal existence, whether we love God or not. But God still seeks our love. God wants our love. God sent Jesus into the world to say, I want to be your friend. Jesus says, through me, you can be a friend of God. Won't you be my friend? God does not need our love, but God wants our love. To be Jesus' friend is to live in God's love. It is, lo- it is to love God and express love for God if we are followers of Jesus. It is to love other people in a way that reflects God's love for us. Jesus wants our friendship. But doesn't that sound a little bit like Central's mission statement? To follow Jesus by loving God and loving our neighbors? If we come back to the social media idea for a minute, 
It's as if God has sent us a friend request. Through Jesus, God has reached out to us. And just as on social media, you can accept a friend request, outright deny a friend request, or you can just let it sit there and not do anything with it. God does that with us. God offers us relationship. He desires and wills for us to accept it. Though sometimes we may act like we've rejected it. And at other times, we just let it sit there. And this morning's scripture, Jesus sends us a friend request. Will you accept Jesus' friend request? Or will you ignore it? If you've accepted it, have you accepted Jesus' friendship but for the wrong reasons out of some twisted attempt to get what you want out of life or out of a fear of punishment in the hereafter? Or have you simply responded to God in love and made that love real in returning love for God and loving those around us? That is life-giving love, to be in relationship with God, to be a friend of God. That binds us to God. But it binds us to one another as well. Today, we honor our associate pastor, the Reverend Dr. J. Derek Cattenhead, as we bless him and send him forth to be in ministry with the people of North Orangeburg United Methodist Church. I even wore a bow tie today for Derek. I had to wake up a half hour earlier just to get this done. It only took watching a YouTube video three times, but I did not wake up Ellen and get her to come help me. I did this all by myself with the help of the YouTube people. Which again is social media, by the way. But that friendship with God, through Jesus Christ, it binds us to God. And it binds us to one another. And it makes us church. It makes us the body of Christ that is bound together now and for eternity. So I leave you with this. Have you accepted God's friend request through Jesus? Do you accept it? Have you just let it sit there and ignored it? Have you denied it? The good news is with Jesus, even if you've declined that friend request, it's always there. If you want to know what that looks like more in your life or how you might live that out at Central, we would love, any of us clergy would love to have that conversation with you. But so I leave you simply with this thought. Will you be, are you, Jesus' friend? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. God, our loving Father, together we pray for the worries and concerns, the heartbreak and fears of this world, and we lift up to your care those who suffer and ask you to provide peace and hope. Lord, for those who are lost, We give you thanks for your ever-present willingness to have them return to you. Lord, we are so thankful today, especially for those men, past and present, who modeled themselves as fathers after your example of love and care. We are grateful for each and every one of them, for the work they have done to guide and love their children. And especially today, Lord, we give thanks for those men that provide a father's love for those who are not their children. We are so grateful for those who step in the gaps left by our imperfect and broken world. Lord, today is bittersweet as our congregation says goodbye 
to the pastoral leadership of Derek. And we are so grateful for the imprint he has made upon our ministries here. Bless Derek, Chasey, Tyler, and Chase as they embark on this new journey that you have called them to. Provide them the peace of knowing that they will always be a part of our church family. For this gift of ministry, we give you thanks. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as we take these few moments to respond to God's great love, offering ourselves and our gifts, I'll invite our ushers to come forward.
Father, accept these gifts of our offerings and of ourselves to your service and bless them. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you to remain standing for the benediction. May the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.
love that last piece. The flourish, whatever that was, that was awesome. Oh my, it just... Ugh. I love it. Uh, it was, it was, it was awesome.